This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, the start of a shortened work week. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Minor league baseball team from the northwest suburbs is going to the playoffs. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, analysts are still combing through the government jobs report that came out ahead of the long holiday weekend, while the week ahead will include a key report on trade and more data from the Fed. We're joined by Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist with BNP Paribas, based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Let's talk about that uh, jobs report that came out on Friday morning. And uh, when that number was posted at 7.30 Chicago time, uh, I was uh, heading down a runway going to a uh, long weekend in Orlando. And I suspect I wasn't alone as far as uh, people uh, making long weekend plans when that number was uh, posted early Friday. So we can talk about it today. Uh, What does that say as far as the health of the labor market is concerned, and uh, does that uh, mean more cushion for a soft landing for the economy as far as the Fed is concerned? Well, Rob, you're absolutely right that it was thin trading conditions on uh, Friday, so I suspect uh, a lot of people were not processing the full impact of what uh, we were seeing in the economic data, and that certainly is a story uh, today as uh, market participants are are dealing with both uh, the new reality of the energy crisis in Europe Uh, but also reconciling that with the U.S. economy that's at a different stage of the economic cycle. And as we look through that labor report, it did show a clear downshift. So you may have been taking off on the runway, uh, but what we saw in the labor data was uh, more of a gentle landing uh, where uh, there were significant downward revisions to the prior months. uh, And we can see that that, the frenetic pace of job creation during the course of the summer Uh, is very clearly downshifting, Uh, enough so that we're starting to see some easing of wage pressure, still in the very early stages, but the the trend is friendly, Uh, and also uh, some easing of labor slack conditions where uh, we saw the unemployment rate move up uh, by two-tenths of a percentage point, so to 3.7%. But that was a, a good increase in the unemployment rate because it showed a lot of people returning to the labor force uh, not not, in, uh, not uh, in coincidence with the fact that the school year is back in session, uh, and that means that a lot of folks who were maybe tied up due to child care constraints are now able to uh, resume looking for employment. That's reflected in the fact that a lot of women uh, uh, showed up uh, in terms of uh, looking for uh, jobs as we're entering the back half of the year. The ISM service services sector index uh, hit its highest level in four months. Uh, that was released today. Uh, what does that say about the uh, economic activity in the uh, services sector, especially as uh, the American consumer shifts from goods that were only available to the pandemic to services that they can take advantage of now? Absolutely. As the economy reopens and normalizes, we're seeing a shift in consumer tastes 
from things that can be delivered to your doorstep to uh, experiences, whether it's a vacation, a restaurant, meal, theater, concerts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we are seeing a shift from goods spending to service spending. Uh, this is reflected in the ISM uh, data that we saw today with uh, a little bit of a reacceleration evident. Uh, but this was also uh, evident as we saw the uh, manufacturing counterpart reported last week. Uh, and, and basically, the, the takeaway we get from these surveys is that uh, the economy may be cooling down, uh, but we are not heading into recession. I know there was a big re uh, recession scare around mid-year as things really uh, proved to be weakening. Uh, but now we're starting to see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel uh, that should be alleviating some of those concerns that they, a recession is an in inevitable outcome of the current uh, economic environment. So tying it back to your initial comments, uh, it's very much consistent with the soft landing scenario for the economy. Carl Ricadana, Chief U.S. Economist with BNP Paribas, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, playoff baseball, minor league style, coming to the northwest suburbs. It's 60 minutes of financial planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's playoff time for area minor league baseball teams. Let's check in with one of the participants. Sean Hunter is the owner of the Chicago Dogs. You drive past their home, Impact Field, on 294 when you drive through Rose. Mont. Sean, thanks for joining us today. Uh, the Chicago Dogs have got to be one of the uh, better minor league success stories uh, in recent years. You guys got underway in 2018. Uh, you were blessed by the uh, participation of Carlos Zambrano in year one in bringing people out. You managed to endure through the, through the pandemic in 2020, and now you're playoff bound in 2022. Uh, just talk about the kind of the four-year journey uh, of the Chicago Dogs in Rosemont. What's it been like? It's been a lot of fun. We've had, you know, tremendous fan support. Our fan base keeps growing each each summer. We had a record attendance year uh, this summer, and, and we're just grateful to be in the playoffs and keep it rolling, and we get to host a playoff game this Friday night. Major League Baseball uh, recently culled the uh, list of affiliated minor league teams, which uh, led to a lot of uh, uh, some really neat and interesting regional rivalries because the Kane County Cougars, which were with the Diamondbacks before, uh, found themselves as an independent team. And that has now kind of led to uh, some really interesting regional rivalries between the Dogs, Kane County, Gary, Milwaukee. Uh, what's it like to have that great deal of uh, regional interest in minor league baseball and that you can compete against each other well it's nice that the fans can can go back and forth between the ballpark to to support their team you know we have a great new rivalry with king county they're a great organization we we just edged them out to win our division here over the weekend and uh you know could end up facing them in the second round of the playoffs this weekend we play what has been a, a rival of ours since we entered the league and that's the milwaukee milkmen so it, it does make for some, uh, you know, a little bit of good drama and, and competition. In 2020, the uh, the Dogs and other minor league teams that were were, were in close geographic proximity uh, for a couple of weeks before Major League Baseball restarted, uh, they were the only game in town. And uh, Impact Field was one of the very few facilities uh, actually offering in-person entertainment. How did that help in terms of kind of cementing the Dogs' position with baseball fans in Chicago? You know, it was a huge boost. You know, it, it accelerated our awareness and acceptance in the marketplace. You know, we were the only team that actually got to host fans. We got to play in front of 20% of our capacity. So for 30 nights, we had 30 home games. 
And we sold that every night. We had about 1,500 fans in here. And for those diehard, passionate baseball fans, uh, we were it. It was uh, the media coverage and support were great. And and that's really, I think, a boost to where we are today. And like I said earlier, our fan base keeps growing. We've got, you know, really loyal, passionate dogs fans now. It's it's fun to see since, uh, you know, the beginning back in 18. And then how does the kind of the greater base of knowledge that a lot of baseball fans have when it comes to prospects? I mean, they could name everybody in in high A ball in their organization that they root for uh, all the way through the major league club. And then you know which prospects go to independent ball. And how does that level of knowledge help bring people into the ballpark? For example, uh, as a White Sox fan, when uh, I went to a game a couple of weeks ago, I saw Charlie Tilson and said, yes, there is a White Sox legend, Charlie Tilson, hit a grand slam against Houston a couple of years ago. So how does that help in bring, bringing people into the ballpark? Oh, it, it helps a lot. You know, uh, Charlie's a great example. You know, last year he was in AAA and wanted to come back and play for us here in Chicago. And we're, we're all rooting for him to get back to the show and, and, and back to MLB where hopefully he belongs. We had another success story. One of our top pitchers from 21, Connor Gray, made it up just in the last two weeks. He's on the big roster and playing for the New York Mets. So we, we love those success stories. Most of our guys are young. Occasionally, as you mentioned, we'll get that that uh, that star like a Carlos Zambrano. But the baseball is very good, and, and people are going to see either somebody that's been there or somebody that's just right on the doorstep and re- ready to make that leap into Major League Baseball. Sean Hunter, owner of the Chicago Dogs in Rosemont. Good luck in the playoffs. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, it was a big weekend for movies despite a lack of new releases. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A discount promotion at movie theaters this past weekend was a big hit. Let's learn more from Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Paul, thanks for joining us today. $3 tickets offered on Saturday at more than 3,000 theaters drew 8.1 million moviegoers over what's normally a fairly a slow time at the movies. Is this the way of the future? Is the, I mean, it may not be $3 tickets, but will the multiplexes uh, determine that uh, cutting prices somewhat uh, could bring people back into the movie theaters when the billion-dollar comic book movies aren't playing? Well, Rob, I think that's a great point. I mean, people are very price-sensitive. We all love going to the movies. But with this $3 ticket price on National Cinema Day, we saw a huge spike in movie going on Saturday because this was a a one-day-only $3 situation, and audiences responded in a big way. We actually saw in our Comscore data that that Saturday saw an increase of 100% in terms of box office over Friday. And for individual movies, particularly family films like DC League of Super Pets and Minions The Rise of Gru, both rated PGs, both rated PG, families really came out in big numbers. DC League of Super Pets saw an increase of 252% on Saturday over Friday. Minions, 260% increase. But every movie saw an uptick. But I think right now in these inflationary times, I think price sensitivity is a big deal. I think the movie theaters should take this to heart. And if you look at Bargain Tuesdays, which has been a thing in movie theaters for years, this tells the industry that if you want to spark movie going, give a discount, not necessarily $3. I don't think that's sustainable, but I think pricing very important to the consumer. 
There are four big blockbusters that are scheduled for release between now and the end of the year. Uh, Black Adam, October 21st. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever on November 11th. Uh, Disney Animation, Strange World, November 23rd. Avatar, Way of the Water, December 16th. That uh, is not a lot as far as sustaining interest in movies and bringing people into movie theaters. Uh, Something interesting, though, was that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, taking a page out of the long ago Close Encounters of the Third Kind Special Edition, re-releasing it with 11 more minutes of footage. Um, I don't know if Spider-Man went inside the flying saucer in this version, but uh, that was one way of getting people back in the theater. E.T. is back for the 40th anniversary. Will we see some more re-releases or, or, or maybe additional footage, director's editions, as, as just some ways to maintain interest in theater going until the next big one comes along? Definitely. I think that's going to be really important to bridge the gap between what is going to be, as you pointed out correctly, a pretty slow uh, fourth quarter for movie theaters. And and we're talking about like four, you named off four potential blockbusters. There's other movies that are going to be out there, but not really on the magnitude of a hundred million dollar opener. So re-releases are definitely important. And they're going to have anniversary showings of Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, uh, Pitch Perfect, Poltergeist, and even To Kill a Mockingbird. So this is a great way to bring people into the theater, remind them of how great the movie theater is in a fairly slow time. The good news is 2023 is going to be chock full of big blockbusters. I think that uh, people are going to be excited about going to the movies, but you're right. Right now it's a little slower, so the industry is getting innovative with ways to get movie fans into the movie theater, it's smart. This is the the nature of the marketplace right now. Paul DeGarabedian, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, group excursions more popular than ever. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Updated coronavirus vaccines are now available through the city of Chicago. It's back to class today for students in the city of Uvalde, Texas. Travel Tuesday, a look at the growing popularity of group trips. The drugstore chain CVS makes a major push into home health care. WBBM business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 239 points. The NASDAQ is down 115. And the S&P 500 is down 26. AccuWeather says clouds, peaks of sunshine this afternoon, a high of 79, cooler at the lakefront. We have 79 degrees right now at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, the Chicago Department of Health is rolling out the new uh, two reformulated vaccines for COVID-19. Mayor Lightfoot says the city has received 150,000 doses of the updated versions with more to come in the next few weeks. Updated vaccines are now available at more than 130 pharmacy locations in Chicago. 
and we recommend calling and visiting your local pharmacy's website for more information on availability. The vaccines are crafted to fight the now prevalent Omicron strain of the virus as well as the original strain of COVID. It's back to class today for students and teachers in a school district still reeling from a mass shooting in the spring. It's the start of a new school year today in Uvalde, Texas, where a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers inside Robb Elementary School, which is no longer open back in May. Parents with tears in their eyes dropped off their children as teachers greeted them, saying, good morning, sunshine, you ready to have a good school year? Students began arriving at Uvalde Elementary before dawn, walking through newly installed eight-foot metal fencing that surrounds the campus and past a state trooper standing guard outside an entrance. Colorful flags hung inside the hallways, and teachers wore turquoise shirts that read, Together we rise and together we are better. State troopers were parked on every corner outside the school. I'm Julie Walker. It's 1232. The noon business hour continues presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading lower today. We're joined by Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us today. It seemed like uh, we might we might be breaking the losing streak, at least as far as the futures markets were concerned this morning and early trading. Uh, why are investors in the mood to give it all back? Well, today is one of those don't blink markets. They opened up hot. They sold it off badly. They got it hot again. Now they've sold it off badly. Uh, Just look no further to the same thing we've been saying all along. If interest rates keep going up on the long end, which is the cost of capital, the cost of mortgages, the cost of everything, uh, and, and really affects corporations in a big way in their profits, it's not good news. And today hit another relative high approaching the old highs of a a couple of months back. Uh, We're now 3.332. We were at 2.5 just about a month and change ago. And I I just don't think anything good happens if yields keep going higher. It forces the Fed's hands uh, to be tighter with their monetary policy. And if you're like me that believe markets did so well because of the Fed injecting so much money into the system, taking back that money going to affect markets the other way. Now, this comes off of hot on the heels of uh, two better-than-expected reports on economic activity, Friday's jobs report and the ISM data for August. Is this? Are we now in a situation where good news is considered bad news by investors because good news means uh, the Fed's not going to back off its uh, pace of interest rate hikes? Yeah, let's call it fleeting good news is bad news because I'm still in the camp. I don't know how strong the economy is. Uh, and, I, you know, past numbers, you got to be careful about. But, yeah, you are correct. Uh, you have a central bank now that is determined to right their wrongs. And the worry is they went so far wrong on the easy front. Are they going to go so far wrong on the tightening front uh, to save face? And if that's the case, uh, markets are really not going to like it. And you've been seeing it in droves pretty much this whole year. Just remember, we, uh, a year ago, Uh, The two-year yield was zero. It's now 3.4%, and uh, almost 3.5%. And that's what's speaking loud and clear to the market right now. As I said at the outset, really big impact on the consumer, on business, 
uh, and on valuations in the market that we're living off the uh, most easy money we've had in history. There has been a great deal of discussion about whether or not the uh, recession that may be here or could be on the way, whether it's actually real or everybody is just talking themselves into one. What would be a flashing signal uh, that a recession is actually on the way or actually here? Because every time there is discussion about investors making moves to get ahead of one, there's an encouraging economic report that suggests, hey, not so fast. Well, well, first two quarters had negative GDP. So by every economics uh, definition, that was recession. Whether or not we're still there, I don't know. But for me, it's all about the job market. At this juncture, and you can put these words down, if we lose the job market, we are going to have a recession of, of uh, not enormity, but that is going to be much more meaningful than what you're seeing what, right now as far as uh, uh, the slowdown we have. And, and fortunately, the job market has stood pretty tall so far, but typically job market is lagging. Uh, so I'm watching it very, very closely. So far, just a little bit of slippage, a little bit of firing here and there, but nothing that gets me all upset just yet. But if that starts to uh, get in trouble, I can promise you markets will be much lower and you're going to see some uh, significant uh, drop in economic GDP. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management in Orlando. Thanks for joining us today. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, making your next adventure a group outing. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon we're putting a spotlight on group travel, which can be a great way to expand your horizons. We welcome in Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors in Scottsdale, Arizona, the website travelbta.com. Angie, thanks for joining us today. Normally when we talk about uh, planning a trip, maybe it's a multi-generational family trip or perhaps uh, mom, dad, and the kids going to some uh, leisure destination. But uh, you don't have to be in a big family or just a family to get up and go somewhere. And uh, what are some of the uh, kind of group travel arrangements that we're talking about? Sure. And when we think of group travel... Oftentimes we think of people joining a group together or creating that group themselves, but there's also an opportunity for a single traveler to join a group as well or to create a group with like-minded people in their community. And when we talk about a group of people, is this uh, a group of people who may have a similar interest? Maybe they want to uh, check out historic sites or they want to do a wine tasting or they want to go to uh, down to Kentucky and try the Bourbon Trail. I mean, what are some of the, the groups, uh, what are some of the destination of these group groups of unaffiliated people? It does help to have things in common, right? If you're going to be touring together, creating the the itinerary and choosing the destination or the style of travel, whether you're traveling in a private motor coach or you're joining a larger group or you choose to cruise. So having some things in common is really important. I also like the idea of, especially if you're just inquisitive and you don't know, look in your community to see if there's travel clubs that you can join or if you are involved in a community center or even checking with your local museums or your church or synagogue, you might find that these travel clubs already exist and there's opportunities to join groups that appeal to you. 
And as far as uh, these travel clubs are concerned, or some people who may not be uh, going with a big family just want to join a group, is it uh, younger single people? Is it uh, older people who are empty nesters? Maybe a spouse has passed away. You know, who is the most common participant? Traditionally, I would say it was our senior travelers, and they would contact us as, as travel advisors and ask, you know, is there an opportunity for me to... Um, you know, travel by myself, but also be joined by other people. And one of the things that I would look for is the opportunity to join a group where they're promoting a single supplement. When a group is promoting a single supplement, whether that's Ama Waterways, a river cruise, or a land itinerary such as Trafalgar, if you find any opportunity for a single supplement, that is going to probably entice other single people to join that particular group. So it naturally just creates um, a demographic within the group of other singles. We're also seeing more working professionals and even young people choosing to travel by themselves because they don't have as much time to travel or it's more of a interest that really doesn't necessarily equate to an interest with someone else in their demographic like their family members or a significant other so they choose to travel by themselves there's just more liberty to travel by yourself today with the connection to the internet and the ability to um, also you know plan ahead with transfers i mean all of those things Typically, when you're traveling single, become more concerning, but I believe they're becoming less concerning given just today's environment. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors in Scottsdale, Arizona, the website TravelBTA.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon and join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, CVS is putting a premium on home health care. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. CVS is set to buy home health giant Signify Health in a deal valued at $8 billion. Let's find out what's behind the move from Bruce Jabson, Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Bruce, thanks for joining us today. Based on moves made by Amazon and by Walgreens, it sounds like CVS didn't have a choice in this matter. They had to do it. Well, I would say, first of all, I'm kind of a contrarian on Amazon. They don't have much going on in healthcare. They're trying to get into it. But on CVS, they are, you got to think of them not just with the drugstore chain, of which they have 9,000, but they also have Minute Clinics 1,100, and they also own Aetna, which is a third largest health insurance company. So you put all that together and you see that, you know, they want to offer their Aetna Health Plan members more things. They've got 25 million members in there, and they also want to offer folks who use CVS more and more healthcare services. So what sim- signify Um, health does is they provide care in people's homes and it's not your typical home health care workers nothing against the folks that are home health care workers but this is a high acuity uh, patient if you were you know sicker patients so doctors they have signify has contracts with doctors uh, nurse practitioners and physicians assistants who go into people's homes that's a higher grade of service and those providers contract with Signify, sort of like people, um, uh, Uber drivers, uh, drivers contract with Uber to provide services. So um, it's 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 kind of a healthcare on demand thing. It's it's getting healthcare providers in your homes, and people are probably thinking, well, this is kind of like the old house calls. Well, it is, but you know, to keep healthcare costs low. 
you want to make sure that the people who are in your health plans, like the CBS at the health plans, are getting their health care in the right place, the right time, and the right amount. And increasingly, statistics will show there are a lot of people who don't go to the doctor every year like they're supposed to. There are people who don't pick up their prescriptions like they're supposed to. So this is an aggressive move by Aetna or CVS saying, you know what, we're going to buy this company and we are going to make sure that our customers are getting treated, whether they're coming to the doctor or we got to go get the patients. And uh, this is a money-saving move at some point along the vertical integration chain. Uh, Where is the money saved and who benefits? That's a great question. So let's just say you, right now, after CVS bought Aetna, if you're in an Aetna health plan, you probably pay lower co-pays. If you use the CVS Minute Clinic, you get access to a lot more of their services at a lower cost. And in this case, you know, if you're in an Aetna health plan, you would get access to Signify Health's um, at-home providers and cheaper discounts or less discounts. Now, that's not to say that if you're sitting out there and, and you're listening and you're like, wait a minute, I'm in Blue Cross and I use these Signify Health uh, providers, you'll still get to do that. I mean, they're still going to have relationships with the health insurance um companies that they do now but it is definitely a move by cvs if they if if they own the providers and or they have this relationship they can offer their customers um better deals than if let's just say cvs is uh contracting with um, other other providers if that makes sense Bruce Japson, Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.